Welcome to Friendly Connection. I'm your host, Chuck Hartman. Understand that each one of you in this room can share the good news of Christ in a way that I cannot. Friendly Connection is an inspirational and encouraging weekly walk through the Word. Think about the number of us, no matter how young or old you are, in this room. How many lives each of us could touch and change this week by redeeming the time. I pray that today's message will be an encouragement as you live out your faith. That is essential. If you are doing any kind of work for the kingdom of God, it's important that you know your identity in Christ Jesus. Now, let's go to today's message. So, picking up again with 1 Corinthians, we're going to read the whole chapter and then we're going to pick up it at verse 4, which is where we left off last time. So, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. We'll be looking at the entire chapter, all 13 verses. If I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have, uh, and I, uh, have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three But the greatest of these is love. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And I pray that today we all take away new application from your word to apply to our everyday lives, to apply to our marriages, to apply to our friendships, to apply to our relationships at church, to apply to our relationships within the community. Father, I pray that you help us love the way that you love us. I thank you that you hear us. I thank you that you answer us. And I pray this in the strong name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So let me ask you, what is agape love? What is agape love? Paul, at least in the ESV, the way it translates from the Greek to the English, he names about 15 uh, descriptive terms that uh, apply to agape love. They are Patience, 
It's patient. It's kind. It does not envy. does not boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It is not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It does rejoice with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. So let's look at these things. Because if we're really going to understand the way God loves us, I think it's important that we, we think about what Paul is saying here. So love is patient. Love, agape love at least, is it actively awaits without bitterness, even when it's been hurt or mistreated. It's patient. Think about Christ. Think about the way he loved us. He was mistreated. He was hurt, yet he was patient. Gave himself on the tree at Calvary. Died for you and me so that we could have eternal life. He's still patient, waiting, wanting all to come to him in the saving knowledge of who he is and accepting him and believing in him. We too need to be patient. We we need to understand that not all people or maybe where we are in our spiritual walk Don't write them off. Don't put them off. Don't put them down. Don't talk about them behind their back. Love them. Be patient. Pray for them. Encourage them. Speak into their lives every time God gives you an opportunity. But be patient. Trusting him to do what you cannot do. Because just like we cannot save ourselves, there's nothing we can do to make our heart right with God except believe in Jesus. God did the hard part for us. He did the impossible for us. He gave Jesus. And the way that he patiently woos and draws us, be patient with people. This world needs more patient people who just lovingly wait, who speak truth while they're waiting. But wait, be patient. Love is kind. I want you to understand this goes deeper than mere politeness. Brotherly love is polite. Brotherly love can even be kind. But when we're talking about kindness and being kind and agape love, this is, this is deeper than just being polite. Kindness involves acting for the good of others, even when we do not benefit ourselves. I've seen so many people in life who when you really get to know them, it seems like they have an agenda. They're, they're, they're kind to a point. But then when you really hear what they're saying or see what they're saying, you realize, oh, no, there's a whole other motive going on here. They, they have themselves, they're putting themselves first. Agape love is not like that. It's preferring the needs of others first. Even if we don't get what we want to get, We prefer them because here's the thing that we need to remember as Christians. What we do for others, God will do for us. I don't know how many times in my life I would be hoping for something or something was just totally out of my reach that I couldn't do for myself. But boy, come along someone else who is doing that and you'd be excited for them and you bless them. 
Watch what God does in your life. I'm not saying to, to, to do that for that reason, but I'm just saying trust God. Be kind in all things, but understand that this goes deeper than just mere politeness. Paul says love does not envy. Love does not envy. And this was one of the problems in the Corinth church. They were very envious. They thought that some had maybe better gifts than others. If we look at all the book, we might think that, uh, come away with the idea that maybe they were even jealous over the financial situations of others. Agape love doesn't envy. You rejoice with people for the blessings that God is pouring into their life. Trusting God to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Arrogance involves confidence in one's self and one's ability above all others, including God. I can tell you this of the things that I've accomplished in my life, of awards that I've won, of of accolades that I have. I can tell you this, even the ones that it appears that I've done by myself without the help of other people, I can tell you this, there's not a thing that I've ever accomplished in this life apart from God. God is the reason that I've accomplished so many of the things that I have. But understand, arrogance says it's about me. I'm a self-made person. I've done this. Even if you have a team of people helping you, it's saying, I've done this. Yeah, okay, they've helped a little bit, but this is what I've done. But see, agape love points back to God. This is what God has done in and through me. Look at what God is using me to do. Again, not to make yourself look good, but to make God, to magnify God, to make him look as big as he truly is. Love is not rude, Paul says. To be rude is to be offensive. I'm sure we have all encountered rude people in our lifetime. And hopefully we we understand. But there was a lot of rudeness going on in the church at Corinth. And Paul is saying, hey, agape love is not rude. It's not rude to brothers and sisters. It's not rude to the unredeemed. Love is patient. It's kind. It, It reaches out. It prefers others above self. Rudeness in so many ways, again, makes us look like complete idiots, but again, it pushes people away. No one wants to be with a rude person. Be the kind of person that attracts people to you. And in that attraction, you have an opportunity to share Christ with them. They may already know Christ, they may not. If they don't, it's a wonderful opportunity. Paul goes on to say, love does not insist on its own way. Boy, I, I can tell, I have to pull my glasses down. Sonny can probably agree with me. This, this is one of the hardest parts, especially in married, married life, because Sonia might see something she really wants, I might see something I really want, and it's like, oh my goodness, who, who's, who's going to win here? Well, you know, there are no winners or losers when it's about having your own way. But when you come from a place of mutual love and trust, and you seek what's best for a relationship, then all of a sudden you find yourself loving in an agape kind of love. So remember, 
Love does not insist on having its own way. Love is not irritable. Uh, Serving others should be the ultimate goal, and that should eradicate a reason for getting angry when we feel that maybe they're obstructing our path. Because a lot of times, that's what irritation is about. Feeling like other people are obstructing your path. In other words, again, making yourself the sinner instead of letting God be the sinner, instead of preferring others first. It's another difficult thing in marriage, but it's also difficult in friendships. It can be difficult in church relationships. It can be difficult in community relationships. But if we're going to love the way God would have us love, we need not be irritable. I know there are times, and Tony, you don't have to agree with me, there are times that I have to sort of get back because I feel a little irritable. Be honest with you, this morning was one of those times I had to go have a little quiet time in my office, just me and God, because when I came in this morning, I wasn't at that place where you'd probably want to to know me because I was just feeling irritable for different reasons. But a little time with God can change all of that. God is good. So when you're feeling irritable, my encouragement to you is this. Step back, have a little quiet time, talk to God, tell him what's going on, and watch how he changes your heart. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Some of your translations may say in unrighteousness or in injustice, but this is the thing. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. So we don't rejoice over the bad things. We don't rejoice when someone, especially a Christian, but for anyone who is going through a hardship or a hard time, even if we told them, hey, listen, you're going in the wrong direction. When they learn that they've gone in the wrong direction and all of a sudden you find yourself becoming very happy about that, you're rejoicing over wrongdoing. Don't do that. That's not agape love. Agape love comes alongside that person, doesn't say, hey, remember I told you so, because then that goes, gets back kind of skirting the rejoicing and wrongdoing. You just come alongside that person and you continue to love them. You continue to be there for them. You continue to pray for them. That's agape love. That's God's kind of love. That's what Jesus did for the disciples time and time and time again. That's what he does for you and for me time and time again. Paul goes on to say, love rejoices in the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus, yes. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So whenever we rejoice in truth, we're always in the right direction because we're pointing people to Christ Jesus. Love bears all things. Love doesn't say only to hear and no further. Love keeps loving. Now, yes, sometimes you have to love from a distance. I get that. But love keeps on loving. Just because someone has hurt you, just because someone's been unkind to you, you continue to love because that's the way God loves us. I can't tell you how many times I have hurt the heart of God in my own life. 
Things that I've said, actions that I've done, things that I haven't done, things that I haven't said. But he doesn't turn his back on me. He keeps loving me. He keeps giving me a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And I'm thankful for that. And if we're going to love like God loves us, we continue to love. No matter how much we get hurt, we continue to bear all things. Love believes all things, Paul says. This does not make love gullible. It just means that we believe the best in people. So next time you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to give that person money who's holding a sign, you don't worry about how they use that money or if they even need that money. You do what the Holy Spirit told you to do. And if they use it in some other way, that's between them and God. Your conscience is clear because you've done what the Holy Spirit has asked you to do. Because love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love roots for the victory in others. For good to win, for truth to come out. In the Bible, hope is more than just a wish. It's confidence in knowing who God is. Love hopes all things. And finally, love endures all things. Love endures all things. Christians who choose to love as Jesus continue to love even in difficult times. Through day and through night, we continue to love. So I hope that as we close this morning, you'll think about these descriptors that Paul has given us for loving the way that God loves. I think it's important for us to understand this because, again, it, it carries into our marriages, into our families, and the way we treat our children, the way we treat our grandchildren, the way we treat people in our church and in our community. It's important, and it's important for us to be reminded of these things and to, to single these things out and just really spend some time going over them and not just casually reading over them, but really thinking about them. Now, Lord willing, next time we'll pick up in verse 8 where Paul says, love never ends. And that's why it's the greatest of these, why love, agape love, is the greatest of these. Because as we said to begin with, there will come a time in our future where we'll no longer need faith because we will be in God's presence if we are blood-bought children of God, if He has forgiven us and we know Christ in the free pardon of sin. There's a time that we won't need hope, that assurance, because we'll be living in the assurance of God's presence in eternity. But in eternity, His love for us that agape love will continue to hold us and keep us and continue to meet our every need throughout eternity. Think about that fact. God is good. How he has loved us. May we love him and others in that same fervency. I hope you'll join us again for Friendly Connection so we can explore God's Word together. Blessings.